The Minnesota Vikings have brought joy and misery to the Vikings fans for many years. At the Skull Purple Podcast, we just want to see the Vikings party with the Lombardi. Join us for analysis, interviews, laughs, and much more. It's the podcast by Vikings fans for Vikings fans. The Skull Purple Podcast starts now. Welcome in to the Skull Purple Podcast. It is our first full episode of the offseason, and it's also our first episode as members, as part of the Pigskin Podcast Network, and we are thrilled to be part of it. Yes, thank you, thank you. Yep, yep, uh, appreciate it. Uh, I know you're all applauding as we speak, but uh, thank you for... uh, Thank you for your loyal subscribership and viewership and all the ships. We appreciate it. And uh, that's it's this is a victory for all of you as well that have helped create this platform for us and have subscribed. And so we are thankful to be a part of that Pigskin Podcast Network. And... We are also thrilled to continue our off-season talk here. Gentlemen, David and Tony is back, baby. He is back. He may have been sick, but he is back. And we were sick of uh, sick of not having you here, Tony. So uh, you're, you're welcome back anytime, obviously. Um, <laughs> but uh, even, even when you're, even when you're sick, you know, uh, we'll, we'll make sure to, we'll make sure to have you anyway, but uh, Tony, how are you yeah. feeling? First of all, I, I and you know you don't have to lie if you don't want to. <laughs> I mean, I I think my wife's happy to give me back. I think is really more or less <laughs> what it, what it is. But no, I'm I'm feeling all right. I think I'm over the uh, I'm over the hump and uh, just just some flu running through the house. So uh, for those out there going through the flu, uh, you can listen to this podcast to know that you're okay. It'll all be all right. The Vikings and you will feel fine in a few days <laughs> there you go there you go david how are things great great doing great doing great, great. california weather is windy it's sunny it's quiet raining. get out of here <laughs> that's it that's it end the show he's talking about good weather it's over uh, it's man. over yeah it's just it's, it's a little rain here and there but you know it's california oh no he has rain tony <laughs> tony he has rain mm, is that what happens <laughs> when the him... ice thaws is that what happens <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's right that's right yeah now we have to give him grief because we're all in uh north i'm in northwest iowa tony's in uh minnesota up by the cities so um Let's let's uh, give David as much grief as we can about his uh, yeah. weather situation. Going outside with t-shirts and shorts tomorrow. <laughs> I could do that and freeze my butt off, but I shall well, not. Well, let me tell you something, David. Uh, this weekend, it's supposed to get up to. I think. I think we're supposed to see like the high twenties, almost thirty. And I'm also going to be wearing shorts and a t-shirt. <laughs> David's like, what? Yeah. Uh, isn't that cold? 
well, uh, warm and cold weather aside, you know, we are never warm or cold weather Vikings fans. We're always weathered Vikings fans. So there you go. Let's move on, gentlemen. Let's talk about our first topic of the day, and that is who is going to be the new defensive coordinator for the Minnesota Vikings. And uh, I think we're at the point where the interviewing almost seems like it's done. Like they haven't requested for any more interviews. I am of the mindset here, and you guys can definitely chime in and say if I'm wrong, I'm of the mindset that they know who they want, and it's going to be dependent on whether there's a head coaching gig available for said person. And I'm going to go ahead and say that man is the former Dolphins head coach and current Steelers linebacker defensive assistant, Brian Flores. David? I agree. I believe it's Flores. I believe they're waiting to see if he's going to get a head coaching job with the Colts or with the Cardinals and go from there. I think they, they got that guy. I mean, you see crazy chummy chummy with them at the senior bowl, shaking senior hands bowl. and everything, you know, at the senior bowl. So I think it's a, I think it's a lock. So it's probably just up to Flores to figure out what he wants to do. If he wants to be another coordinator for maybe a year or two, or does he want to jump right back into head coaching after the Miami debacle? My opinion, just come on to Minnesota, you know, help this defense because you want to stay away from the Cardinals. Yeah. Tony? Yeah, I don't disagree. Um, I think you're spot on, Carson. I think they want Flores. And at the end of the day, I think that Flores probably wants to make sure that all the options that he wants to explore have been explored uh, before he commits and, uh, you know, see where things go. Uh, but I do think he should come to the Vikings. I think it's a good opportunity. I do think it's better than Arizona, but, um, yeah, we'll see what happens. Yeah, no, I, uh, I hear you there. I, I think the defense is probably just for, just for a talking point are probably comparable, mm-hmm. but, uh, I would say, I would say if you want a coordinator job, I would probably go to the Vikings because, if you're Flores, then you don't have to worry about your offense. Like Kevin O'Connell's in charge of it. You know, that's one thing you don't have to worry about. And, you know, you could make the case if you bring in an offensive coach, maybe you don't have to worry as much about the offense in Arizona. But as we've discussed, David, with the Kyler Murray situation, eh, maybe you do have something to worry about. Yeah. But, but I, I think I think it's Flores and... I think Desai is next in line if they don't get Flores. I think that's where we're at. I think so, too. Yeah, I I I would love to get Steve Wilkes, but uh, go ahead, Tony. Yeah, I just I think that ultimately the Vikings are taking the approach. And I I think some of the radio silence that we've seen, it leads me to believe that I think they're confident they're going to get Flores. Like, I think that they, it, and and who knows, maybe it's a situation where we might even be blowing it out of proportion about what uh, Flores is looking to do. Maybe, maybe it's more just behind the scenes. They're working out the details and, you know, mm-hmm. as we know, that takes time. So 
it seems to me like some of the silence we're seeing could be more of a sign of commitment uh, mm-hmm. than anything else. So we'll, we'll obviously, like I said, time time will tell. Uh, it just seems like the NFL likes to go so rapid fire and fast and furious. We've seen so many moves. Um, it has been a little weird that we haven't seen more news or movement. Um, but again, that just leads me to believe that maybe commitments already like, a you know, uh, a hand's been shaken kind of deal and uh, they're just working out the details. So we'll see. Yep. I concur. I concur. Well, gentlemen, uh, I think that pretty much wraps up that talk. I mean, we're Wait, yeah. I have, I have one more thing about that. Yeah, go for it. So, so, what's going on with this Vic Fangio thing? Is he is he a dolphin? Is he is he talking about going to Denver? Because I'm hearing things now that Sean Payton still wants him as his DC. And why I'm asking about that is, you know, it was reported that that Fangio signed a massive deal for D coordinator, right? Maybe Flores is kind of waiting it out to see what these other D coordinators get money-wise, contractor-wise, to see what he wants because he is a Super Bowl-winning defensive coordinator, you know, with the Patriots. So his his resume does speak for itself. So could he be waiting to see what deal Vangio actually really gets? And then, hey, this is my talking point here, and this is where we should start talking at. What do you think, guys? Yeah, see, and I think that kind of lends to the idea that there's those behind-the-scenes issues. And I don't even mean issues like they are issues. I just mean details, right? Right. Figuring out what he's going to be paid, what the terms look like. Um, You know, a lot of these guys probably also want to understand, you know, the dynamics of what they're looking for. You know, does Flores come in and say, look, I'd, I'd love to take over your defense, but looking at your roster, what we have in the cap, like, mm-hmm. what, what are you guys planning on doing? Because, you know, Flores, like any coach, doesn't want to just take a job and then go and set himself up for failure if the organization isn't in a position to give him a good roster to work with. So he's probably going, okay, you know, it might be a little tough for me to succeed in my role next mm-hmm. year, but I need you to know that going into it. So you're not, you know, there's no sticker shock where, you know, we might not be 30th again, mm-hmm. but we might only be like 22nd, you right. know, or, or 20th. Right. You know, this isn't going to be a top 10 defense overnight. And I'm sure that's a tough conversation to have because, you know, owners want to hear we're Super Bowl bound, baby. You know, that's what owners want to hear. <laughs> uh, the problem is, is that <laughs> that's not always realistic. And then, you know, it's like anything. You go into a job and you oversell yourself it gets a little tough. You know, you find yourself on thin ice pretty quick. Whereas I think if you're an established coach like Flores is, I mean, you mentioned this already, David, I think he's probably smart enough to say, look, I'm going to have a realistic conversation about expectations. This is what I think I can do, but these things might be like a two or three year plan. This isn't going to be next year where all of a sudden the 49ers like that's just not going to happen. You don't have the personnel for it, nor do you have the cap space. Yeah, and speaking of 49ers, there could be a possibility that the Vikings miss out on all these coordinators because now you have an open coordinator job in for San Francisco. So that is an ideal job that's too. Good considering, point. Considering if I was Flores, I'd go there. Exactly. 
You know, uh, that I'd, defense I'd is already there. ready. I would run there if I was <laughs> Yeah. So there's like, a lot of different that's, things. And... That's, to me, the best situation. Like, yeah, that's a good point, David, because – you know, if I was Flores and I'm looking to get a head coaching job again in the next couple of years and neither one of these two give me a job, the Colts or the Cardinals, I'm going to say San Francisco based mm -hmm. on they just hired Robert Sala a couple of years ago. The Jets did. And now you got mm -hmm. uh, D'Amico Ryan's a couple of years later. I would uh, I would want to go to San Francisco. And not only that, but look at that defense. It's like ready. it's ready. Like you don't hardly have to do a thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a good point. Yeah, yeah it's yeah, like uh, Phil Jackson going to coach the Los Angeles Lakers. <laughs> there you go, David. Yeah. There you go. There you go. That's right. Kobe's the goat. All right, moving Kobe's on. <laughs> moving on. Let's go ahead and bring in the old Kirk Cousins contract discussion, because apparently that is another talking point this offseason, which I think rightfully so to a degree, because there's a chance that he could be extended again this offseason because he's only got one year left on his deal. Uh, there are two years left technically, but they are void years. And so the Vikings may have a decision to make. I think their decision has been made. I think they're going to be done with Kirk after 23. I, at least that's my hope. Maybe I, maybe I should separate those two, but um, what will the Vikings do with Kirk cousins contract? Tony, let's start with you. Yeah, I, I, I would hedge to bet that you are correct. I, I do. I do think that he has value. And not to get into that whole, you know, we could have a whole show about Kirk Cousins and where he sits in the hierarchy of quarterbacks and blah, 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 blah. But purely talking about what I, I believe think, there is a show called Kirk Cousins hierarchy. But uh, <laughs> yeah, if there is, I won't name be. that show on this podcast. Yeah. yeah. I just think that at the end of the day, what the Vikings should do and will do might be two different things i think there's a conflict of interest when we're talking about what they should do and what they will probably end up doing and again this is just my opinion i think what they should do is not touch his contract and they should try to draft a quarterback um and i get that nothing's a sure thing but this team is not enough like this is not a one player away team this isn't a team that has just a couple of positions they need to shore up like there's a lot of holes to fill as much as i hate to admit it and not only that there are going to be even more holes to fill after this offseason in my opinion because our our cap situation's not good which means we're going to need to unload or restructure some of these aging contracts that we have and even though some of the players that we have to end up cutting because they're cap casualties, some of us would agree maybe are not in their prime anymore. They are st still serviceable players and they were starting on this roster for a reason, mm -hmm. which means we're, you know, now we have more positions to fill. So my point is, I don't think they should touch the contract. I think they should try to draft a guy. We still have Kirk under contract for another year. Uh, or is it, th is it this year and next year, right? He's under contract for two more years. 
this just year. Just for this year. Just for 2023. Just this year. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm, I, I'm not going to change my opinion. I, I still think you, you let him ride off in the sunset this year. And, you know, you see how things go. I just think ultimately, I think this team was going to struggle next year. And I know we'll get into like predictions and stuff, maybe not necessarily today, but I do think that the Vikings are going to struggle. I think they're going to take a step back next year, certainly just from a record standpoint, um, looking at their opponents um, and uh, you know, and the way this team again is going to have to deal with the roster. So I just think that you let, you let him ride it out. You draft a quarterback. You might have a higher draft pick next year is what I'm getting at. Or if you don't feel like you hit something this year, you might have another chance next year. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, look, this team needs to figure it out. And I just think you need to hit the reset button and rip the Band-Aid off. And it, it just might be time. If they do that, I don't know. Do, or do they do that? I have no idea. Um, I think the hard thing to sell uh, is that if you if you move on from Cousins, you are risking mediocrity. Mm-hmm. And mediocrity yeah. still fills seats. And owners want to fill seats. They want to sell tickets. They want to sell merchandise. They're not selling a lot of tickets and merchandise if the team's, you know, two and 15. So I totally understand that. But boy, I'd love to be 15 and two. And I don't think you're going to get that with Kirk Cousins. So nice, Tony. Nice. David? Um, I think the Kirk Cousins conundrum is connected to the Vikings' biggest star meaning JJ, you have a contract extension and JJ coming up. The last thing you want to do is have JJ play with a mediocre quarterback that cannot get him the ball before he resigns his, you know, his deal and have this, and has this massive extension. Cause the last thing you want to do is put, you know, a regular quarterback there trying to throw him the ball and JJ gets disgruntled, Stefan Diggs and wants out. So your whole thing is to keep JJ healthy and and happy. Him and Kirk have a good relationship. I say you extend them for for the next two years, or maybe one more year before. And then if you if you believe in Kevin O'Connell, there's no need to move off Cousins after this 13 win season. Wait till you know you have a guy behind him that you can develop under him. That way he can build a relationship with JJ. You know, sort of similar, to, you know, to like Randy Moss and Randall Cunningham and Culpepper came in the next year and they didn't miss a beat. You have to have that seamless, you know, activity with Kirk Cousins. People are always talking about Kirk Cousins getting traded and release him and the money. But what's out there? What's out there right now? Do you think any of these quarterbacks that are on the open market is going to be that productive like Kirk Cousins is? Do you think any of these rookies coming in? Is going to be that productive? I don't think so. So you extend Kirk Cousins for maybe next year, smooth over the salary crap, make get some extra money, and just like Tony said, they got too many pieces, you know, that they need to the table. They got too many holes, and you don't want quarterback to be one of them because we've seen teams that don't have quarterback, and it's like Tony said, they have a two and fifteen season, and Vikings don't want that. I just want to know when are we going to stop putting band-aids on things? That's what I want to know. The Vikings continue to put band-aids on everything, the quarterback situation, the defense. And it's, 
at the point now where I just want to see them go into surgery and make the right moves, make the right incisions, make the right uh, whatever you want to call it, you know, with the surgeons. I'm not a surgeon, obviously. Um, but uh, they, they, it's just we can't continue to go on competing, quote-unquote competing, and expect to compete with the roster that we have in place. Like, this roster is not good enough to compete with the likes of Philadelphia, with the likes of San Francisco, with the likes of insert AFC team. <laughs> you know, even if you got to the Super Bowl, you'd lose in uh, destructive fashion. So it's they they have some good pieces on this team, but they don't have it. Tony hit it. They don't have the roster to no. go out there and win multiple playoff games and get to a potential Super Bowl. They just don't. They don't. And I don't think that's going to change this offseason uh, unless they totally rework the roster, which I'm hopeful for. But the Wilfs and their willingness to have to be competing Mm-hmm. and not take any parts of the competition away is going to hurt the Vikings. And it's going to hurt the Vikings for the next couple of years until they decide, okay, well, obviously we need to move on from Kirk. We need to move on from this guy. We need to move on from this guy, that guy. So back to the Kirk Cousins debate. Let this final year ride out. Draft a quarterback this year in this draft in the first uh, first three rounds because you don't have a second round pick. So I'm saying with the first or third pick, unless you are able to get more picks by trading guys or whatever, mm-hmm. let this final year ride out. And I think Tony pretty much said this exact same thing. You know, you let him sit under cousins for a year, whether it's an Anthony Richardson, whoever it might be, um, let him sit under cousins and let him develop, let KOC mold him for a year. And, you know, kind of like uh, the transition from Alex Smith to Patrick Mahomes. We'll have our next Patrick. No, I'm just kidding. We won't have our next Patrick Mahomes because Patrick Mahomes is um, unworldly, really. Yeah. But but that kind of a type of thing, you know, like yeah. we can't continue to ride it back with Kirk and we can't continue to say, OK, well, Kirk's just going to be the normal guy. He's going to be the same guy that he was last year. He's going to be, or he's going to be better. It's like, he's going to be 35 years old next year. Like he's not going to be Tom Brady. He's not going to play till he's 45. Like we can't continue to think, Oh yeah, quarterback's fine. Because then we're going to get into a situation guys where we're talking about this same thing that we're talking about now with the defense. Well, yeah, you know, this, this quarterback's aged out and here we are and we're in a situation pretty much like the Colts were when Andrew Luck retired. Well, what do we do? We weren't prepared. Well, maybe you should have been prepared. You know, it's, that's part of drafting. It's part of being a GM. You have to be one foot into the present and one foot into the future. And it's a very tough task. And I, there's, 
you know, I mean, it's easy for us to say things that we want to see happen and whatever, but it really is a tough task to be a GM because yes, you want to compete like the Wolves are wanting from Quazy and from KOC, but it's very hard to do that when you're also looking down the road and saying, okay, well, uh, Kirk Cousins is probably not going to be good in five years. Right. So what do you do? And I think this is the point where you need to rip that Band-Aid off, draft a rookie, let the final year play out. If Kirk doesn't like it, he's going to have to lump it and just say, hey, this is it. We're done. After this year, you know, you've done good things for us, but we want to move into the future, you know, and it's kind of really like what the 49ers are doing now with Jimmy Garoppolo. They pretty much ostracized him, and he is no longer the – uh, quarterback for the future for them. It's now Trey Lance or maybe somebody else, but uh, it seems like it's probably Trey Lance at least for the time being. And yeah. I think, I think it's just it's just time. We and I'm I'm so sick of the Cousins debates. I am I. It's just one thing after another with Kirk. Can we just get a quarterback? And I've heard somebody else say this too. Can we just get a quarterback that is our own, that we've molded ourselves? I think this was my guy Rap uh, saying this from the uh, Purple Pocket podcast. Can we get a guy that is our own, that we can mold ourselves, and that we can all love, and then all the Cousins fans can go with Cousins wherever he goes, and uh, we'll finally know who the true Vikings fans are. <laughs> but uh, no, I'm, I'm ready to be done. Kirk, you... Had a good career, top three Viking quarterback of all time, um, I would say. Uh, we could debate that, but um, he's on the verge. Yeah. Um, but just because he's better than the Vikings quarterbacks for the last 10 years does not mean that you should keep rolling with him. Like, that does not mean that. Like, you just assume, oh, well, if the Vikings don't have cousins, they're going to have another Christian Ponder or – Tavares Jackson, well, it doesn't necessarily mean that. And uh, I know there's a certain show in Minnesota sports that have pointed, pointed out that the Vikings actually made the playoffs with those teams uh, at times. They weren't consistently competitive, but they did make the playoffs. That um, is true. So that's just my whole thing. It's, it's like, can, can we just rip off the Band-Aid once? And I'm talking not only with Cousins, I'm talking with the defense as well. Yeah, and I, I think that one one interesting aspect of this whole situation and how we are looking at the Vikings operating moving forward, and I have to remind myself of this sometimes. It's, it's a fun thought experiment to have. I think sometimes I get stuck in this zone where my predictions of what they will do is based off of what I, th I feel like I would have expected Rick Spielman to do. Uh, yeah. And then, you know, the, the previous regime, maybe not necessarily Zimmer, but kind of the way our front office worked with Zimmer and, and George Payton. And I think that with Quasey, the interesting wrinkle is that let's not forget that Quasey is a Wall Street guy. You know, he was an asset manager for a hedge fund. I mean, these guys and I and I'm and again, I don't know Quasey. I just, you know, I'm an investor as well. I pay attention to the stock market and. Uh, you know, people that thrive in that world, it's all about risk and looking ahead to the future and making investments to pay dividends down the road. You know, what kind of growth potential are we looking at? And if, 
he is looking at it from that aspect, which is very different because that's, it's not so much a win now mentality as much as it is. Let's strike when the iron's hot. Let's figure out what makes sense, how to get the most, you know, out of the equity that we have. Um, that's why I feel like it is possible that the Vikings may make some bold moves and not so much bold moves. Like they're going to go out on a spending spree. I think the opposite. I think we see them cut a lot of fat and, and cut players that we hold dear to our hearts as Vikings fans. Uh, and I think they really look at it like, let's get as much capital as we can for the players that we have. I don't think there's a lot that's off the table, you know? Um, so I would not be surprised to see anything happen, you know, a really crazy move like, and you guys would hate this, and I'm not saying that this is going to happen, but think of it this way. I bet he could even sell us on, you know, look at Justin Jefferson is probably the best receiver in the league. Could you imagine how much we could get for him? <laughs> like that, you know what I mean? And don't, and, and don't get me wrong. I don't think they should do that. But if you think about it less like, I'm in love with the player and you start thinking like, oh, maybe we could actually build an amazing roster because look at the end of the day, I love Justin Jefferson just as much as everybody else, but we're sitting on our couches right now. We are not in the Super Bowl. No. So Justin Jefferson is an amazing yep. as he is, unless he's getting us to a Super Bowl. All mm -hmm. he is, is basically just kind of wasted equity. That sounds really bad, but it's kind of true. Right. Yeah. And um, so that I think and I hope that he takes that type of approach because that's how you build a really good franchise mm -hmm. is understanding. And this is what Belichick and company was so good at during their, those dynasty runs is understanding when to keep players, when to cut bait and when to load up on talent. Right. Like that, that, that they were so good at that. And that's why they were able to sustain winning for so long obviously he had great players tom brady i know you retired uh great career tom brady but um you know <laughs> who's that uh yeah I, I don't even know who that is but One of my co-workers uh, <laughs> uh in the last couple of months didn't know who tom brady was and i'm just like do you live under a rock like my goodness anyways continue yeah yeah i just i think uh at the end of the day it's going to be interesting to see what they do. And in, and in some sick, twisted fashion, I hope he does weird stuff. Like, as much as it'll be really painful, could you imagine if he did just blow it all up? But imagine how much he could get in return for some of these players and then just go, we're done, guys. We need to build, we need to build like a dynasty here. And the only way to do it is to bring in as much capital as we can and just build it from the ground up. Because we just keep slapping band-aids on top of band-aids, and at some point the wound never heals. Yep. I, I hear you, Tony. Um, I'm just not I like Quazy a lot, but his track record of trades, especially during the draft, he didn't get too They're much. They're great. <laughs> <laughs> he no. didn't get too much for the picks, you know, that he traded. So yeah. I don't think he's gonna that Lions trade was awful. Exactly. Exactly. And the, the second and one was pretty good between the Vikings and Lions, though. Yeah, second one was pretty good. But they were moving off of off of TJ because they didn't want to pay him. Right. So that's 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 it was just a salary cap dump at that point. But look at the guys crazy drafted. 
none of these guys that he drafted actually played this season. So you're telling me if he traded Justin Jefferson for picks, does he even have the thought to actually draft good players in, in here and develop them when pretty much you only had one player in your first draft class actually play all 17 games? And he was garbage? Exactly. He was rated PFF one of the worst guards of the whole league. Oh, no, 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 no. Not just one of the worst guards. One the of worst the worst guard. linemen. <laughs> Overall linemen. He was like bottom three. Exactly. I mean, I hear you. I hear you, Tony. It sounds good, but as of right now, crazy. Is this is a this is the first time GM. I don't think he goes out there and trades Justin Jefferson and tries to get picks. As of right now, if he was a longer tenure GM, I can probably see it. But him right now, the Wilfs would not want that. That's that's the next Randy Moss. He he's he has the highest selling jersey. It's not going to happen. And that's my reason for saying they extend Kurt another year until they find a quarterback behind them because the whole thing is going to be keeping J.J. happy. You have to keep your stars happy. Stefan Diggs was not happy, and look where he ended up, deep in the playoffs with Buffalo. Yes, he hasn't won anything, but his career has gotten a whole lot better since he left the Minnesota Vikings. So, I mean, Kirk Cousins, he's a, he's a walking conundrum. Do you keep him? Do you trade him? Whatever, but at the end of the day, Kirk Cousins is a decent quarterback. He he gets the job done. He, I mean, he's one of these quarterbacks that always plays. When was the last time he missed a game due to real injury? Mm-hmm. He yeah. doesn't. Well, yeah. I mean, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna give you two nuggets here, David. One is going to be that lest we forget that. Quasi came through what San Francisco, right? Kind of that San Francisco right. regime. San Francisco and and, and when Lynch came in, and I I cannot cite the exact moves, players, whatever, but I distinctly remember they went through a similar process where he made some real like this is a little weird what they got going on. He remember he got torn to pieces. For like a good season, season and a half, maybe even the first two seasons. And then all of a sudden it was like, oh, okay. And basically they haven't looked back ever since. And those were with some premier players that they had at the time. And I think they were even defensive players that they basically were like, yeah, nope, they're going to get cut or they're going to get traded or, you know, like it's um, so there's that. Here's the other thing, though. And this is what I worry about, like, because I agree with you and, and I don't get me wrong. For all the listeners, send all the hate mail to Carson. No, I'm not saying. Yeah, I'll let David. I'm those. not saying <laughs> that I want them to trade Justin Jefferson, but this is my worry: is that in my mind, again, if I'm ready for them to take a risk at quarterback to get away from this, not good enough. Like that's, that's a, we just got to get over this not good enough hump. And as we mm-hmm. stated earlier, I think Kirk is a good quarterback. I think he needs a really good team around him. He needs a Super Bowl team around him. Kirk is not a, just a Super Bowl quarterback though. Like he's not a guy that's going to lead the charge into the Super Bowl. And, and, and I hate to say this, but if he was that guy, we would have seen it already. He's been in the league long enough. We know what he is. He is what he is. There you go. He's a good quarterback. Um, my worry though with JJ is that if you take the risk, 
then you get into a situation where let's just call it for what it is. It is a risk. So the downside is then you end up with a guy or a couple guys that are like, this isn't really going to cut it. And you do risk, you know, the bird in the hand, right? Like you risk what you have in Kirk cousins. See, that's the thing is we also risk not only Kirk cousins and the things that he's able to do. We also risk who is he supposed to throw the ball to? Mm-hmm. Justin Jefferson. So his stats start doing this for all everyone that's listening, not on video going down. I'm pointing down. Um, his statistics starts going down. And then you know what happens to his trade value? It also goes down. Goes down. And now all of a sudden, all that capital that you had, you're not selling at the peak, you're selling below. And that's where that investor mentality comes in. You sell high, you buy low. I hear you, Tony. Makes One sense. thing. One thing on this Justin Jefferson idea. Let's 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 remove the player. Let's just say top five receiver in the league. Top five receiver in the league. If someone gave you a first round pick, a second round pick, two fourth round picks, and a sixth round pick for a top five wide receiver in the NFL, would you make that trade, David? tough because the kansas city chiefs said yes yeah that was the tyree kill trade to miami yeah and another one for you Devonte adams the first round pick last year for the raiders and second round pick from last year as well for the raiders which is not quite as good but um also adams i think might be a slightly older by a year or two yeah but, um so I think not only are those trades decently appealing, but not only that, Justin Jefferson, who's, as you said, David, not even maybe entered his prime yet. No. Imagine how much the Vikings could get. I bet they get that Tyreek Hill trade compensation at least that, if not, you know, if not, you know, another first round pick in there, maybe even, you know, yeah. I, I think that's the type of value Justin Jefferson has. And I'm not saying I would do it, but I'm just saying if you want to really build this thing, you got to think about it. At least if somebody came to you this off season and says, you know, maybe it's maybe it's the New York Jets. Maybe they want a quarter or maybe they want a wide receiver to pair with Aaron Rodgers or whoever their new quarterback is. I hope that that would that would make me sick, by the way. No. Um, <laughs> but uh, maybe it's the Broncos. Maybe it's the Broncos. Not that they probably can afford it, but uh, with draft picks. But you ain't got no draft picks. Exactly. But maybe it's the yeah, Texans. Keep Russell Wilson. But anyways, like one of those teams, you know, if they come to you and say, hey, we'll give you maybe three first round picks for Justin Jefferson. What do you think? I am. I would do it for the three first round draft picks, but it goes back to me. I don't trust crazy and I don't trust this new regime because we don't know how they're going to pick. We only have one draft with them. I don't trust them to make the right decisions after the trade is made. I trust them to think down the line like that 
to get more assets for Justin Jefferson. But when it's evaluating talent and actual drafts and actually coaching these players up, I'm not you there with see them. more. Yeah, I have to see more because mm-hmm. majority of their draft class was either on IR or not playing. Yep. And you know, just like you said, the the one guy that started <clears throat> every game was rated the worst lineman of all football. So is Quasi actually evaluating talent or he just boom or bust? Because if you think about it, he drafted Andrew Booth. Everyone said Andrew Booth was hurting, was hurting college. So just like Tony said, he bought low and it and look what happened. The guy was on IR middle of the season. And he and you guys he you guys knew he was he was a unhealthy cornerback. Boy, does this sound like the Minnesota Twins and pitchers? Uh, <laughs> anyway, I'm just saying, I want to see more from Quazy. Yeah, no, I, that's things. that's fair. But I would also say that maybe he hasn't had a fair shake yet either. That you could say, okay, well, obviously he doesn't know what he's doing either. You know what I mean? Like, I think he deserves a chance. Yeah, obviously, the injuries. Him. The injuries have sucked, and uh, maybe Ed Ingram develops in year two. Yeah. Um, you know, who knows? Maybe who the draft knows? class ends up being really good, and we're all sitting here with our tails between our legs like, wow, we were wrong <laughs> about this. I'm just saying, as a case, new GM but... force, you know, going into the second season, I don't see him making a big splash like that, you know, gutting the team. He's going to kind of keep want to keep this team competitive because as long as they're, they're competitive – his, he has job security. Yeah, yeah. And I, and I don't think there's any way that the Vikings trade Justin Jefferson. No. Um, no. But but it's an interesting conversation to have. Anything can happen, though. Yeah, you never know. Like, Randy Moss got oh, traded. The Chiefs will never trade Tyreek Hill. <laughs> I'm Everybody's sure somebody said price. that before they traded him. <laughs> yeah, everybody has a price, and when you're paying your quarterback as much as they're paying their quarterback, and you're paying your tight end as much as you're paying your tight end, if you're Kansas City, yeah. somebody's got to go. And Tyreek Hill was the odd man out in that situation. But uh, yeah. and look well, at the Chiefs now. And look at the Chiefs now playing for the Super Bowl because Patrick Mahomes is incredible. Can we trade JJ for Pat Mahomes? Yes. Yeah, Sign we'll me give him right Cousins for free. <laughs> That's right. We'll even throw in the sweetener of Kirk Cousins. That's you right. got it. They can have Ed Ingram you and Kirk Cousins. Got it. That's right. That's right. Well, gentlemen, we are going to get to the NFC North odds for 2023, and it's pretty much our odds. I don't have the odds um, bet-wise in front of me, but uh, – the episode here uh, of the Skull Purple Podcast on the Pigskin Podcast Network is brought to you by DraftKings. The stage is set, and we're counting down to the battle in Arizona. There's no better way to get ready for the NFL action than with DraftKings Sportsbook, official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 57. New customers can bet just $5 and get 200 in free bets instantly. Plus, all new and existing customers can take a shot at an even bigger payout with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Boost your Super Bowl 57 winnings with each leg you add up to 100 
8%. And I went on the uh, DraftKings website today, gentlemen, and uh, I did find for the Minnesota Vikings Super Bowl 2024 odds. And uh, I shared them with you before the show. And uh, David, and I think we're all kind of in agreement. This is pretty... This is pretty pathetic. Uh, <laughs> Vikings are uh, plus 5,000 uh, in Super Bowl odds for 2024. And uh, that puts them um, kind of in that kind of in that 20 to 20 to 25 range, I would say. It looks kind of like they're behind. Here's here's for context for you. Uh, well, they're at the same they're at the same place as the Patriots and the Saints but they're behind the Cleveland Browns at plus 4,500. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers at plus 4,000. Giants Raiders also plus 4,000 for Super Bowl 2024. But those are just a sampling of the different options that you can get over at DraftKings. And uh, we also have some prop bets going on as well for the Super Bowl, uh, how much would you want to bet for each team to score one plus touchdown and one field goal in each quarter? Well, you can find those odds on DraftKings as well. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code TPPN. That's code TPPN. New customers can bet $5 on Super Bowl 57 and get 200 in free bets instantly. Only a DraftKings sportsbook with code TPPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. Void in Ohio. And uh, that is that. DraftKings bringing you the Skull Purple Podcast on the Pigskin Podcast Network. David, looks like you have something to say about those odds. The Vikings get no respect, but I know why. That's the Kirk Cousins conundrum. <laughs> that's, just, that's, just, that's, ex that's exactly what it is. That's where the odds are at because our quarterback is Kirk Cousins. If it was any other quarterback on there, the odds would be a whole lot better. Vegas does not. They don't care about Kirk Cousins. They look at Kirk Cousins as a mediocre quarterback, and that's why we're there. We're, we probably got the same odds as last year in the year before that. Probably. <laughs> no it's, respect. It's probably right. Probably <laughs> right. Yeah. So no there you have it, and it's time to continue on talking about our own NFC North odds for 2023. And we don't necessarily have to go by, you know, plus 150 or anything like that. But um, I'm going to go ahead and start this one off, gentlemen. And uh, if I had to put odds on who I think is going to win the NFC North in 2023, it's the Detroit Lions. And I don't think it's any close. I don't think it's close for me right now. I think, I think the Lions, if everything goes like it did in the second half of the season for them. It goes that way all season next year. I don't think, I don't think there's a doubt in my mind that they're winning the NFC North. Um, I think the only th two things that can hold the lions back from success this coming year, obviously injuries, but aside from injuries, 
Obviously, their head coach, Dan Campbell, who we still don't know if he can coach or not. I think this year is going to prove us one way or the other. Biting ankles. And that's right. Bite those kneecaps off. And yeah. uh, then the quarterback, Jared Goff. Is he is he good? Is he okay? Is he consistent? Is he Kirk Cousins? Oh, that's another question. But... Uh, um, those are the only two things holding the Lions back where I could count a lot of things holding these other teams back, um, especially the Vikings and Bears and Packers, really, if they get rid of Rodgers. I, I would put the Packers kind of right in that number two spot behind the Lions right now, and I actually have the Vikings number three. Mm. And and maybe that's even high because the Bears, who knows if they have a good offseason, maybe they go ahead because here's the thing, everybody – you know, talks about, oh, well, the Vikings, yeah, they'll be competitive in 2023. <laughs> well, uh, let me just tell you something here, boys. The Minnesota Vikings have the probably one of the worst schedules for 2023 uh, or best, depending on how you want to look at it. They have to play all four teams that finished in conference championship Sunday. The 49ers the Chiefs, the Bengals, and the Eagles. They play all four of those teams, and that's not even to mention next year. They also play uh, – who else is it? There's there's another couple of really competitive teams. The, I said the Bengals. Um, is the Chargers in there too? Maybe the Chargers are in there as well, but there's – I'll have to look at it again, but there's at least four or five, maybe even six teams – yeah, because I think they play the AFC West next year. Yeah. Yeah, so they play the Chargers, the Raiders, the Broncos. Who knows? I, I'm I'm just saying right now, that schedule to me sounds like 500 football. And uh, we know that's never been the case with Kirk Cousins. So, um, <laughs> But that's just my thoughts. Uh, David, let's go to you for yours. Okay. I mean, it's not going to be a big surprise. I got the Vikings finishing first. I got the Lions finishing second. I got the Packers finishing third. And I got the Bears finishing fourth. Now, I believe that KLC can work some magic again next season, regardless of what quarterback it is. I feel like the Vikings are the best team in the NFC North. I, If any team is a fluke, I think the Lions were a fluke last year. That's just my opinion. I think Dan Campbell is going to do something extremely stupid to mess up the team, and I don't think Jared Goff is a great quarterback. I think they have a high-power offense, but they can't stop anybody. They, you know, they can't stop a nosebleed. So I'm going with the Vikings. It's really going to depend who the Vikings bring in as defensive coordinator. Um, we're waiting to see what that what happens there, but. The Vikings did win 13 games last year, and we have to give them credit for that. They might have won those games close, but they still won those games. It don't matter if you win by an inch or a mile. The games are still won. So I'm going to give them credit like that. I'm not going to drop them third or fourth, you know, just because maybe it was a fluke clear or whatever. But I got the Vikings taking in. I got the Vikings taking the NFC North for the next couple of years to come. 
taking the North and never giving it back. All right, Tony. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm probably more aligned with you, Carson, on this one. And, and I get that it's a bit of being a, a cynical Vikings fan, but I do think that the Vikings will take a step back next year. And I think it will probably be in the spirit of rebuilding a, a bit. Um, because again, while I would like to see them be a bit more aggressive and think outside of the box, I do also think that they will try to be as competitive as they can be while also maybe accomplishing some of those rebuilding goals. So uh, I, I'm not one for like predictions and we'll see, obviously there's so much that needs to happen between now and next year, not only with our roster, but the rosters of the other teams in the division. Mm -hmm. The big one of course being is Rogers still going to be in green Bay or not. But yep. um I, I think that if I were to give just a, a too early <laughs> prediction for the Vikings, um, I think they're probably going to land somewhere. Boy, you guys aren't going to like this. I'm going to say that the Vikings probably land somewhere between 7 and 10 and probably 11 and 6 on the high end. Um, and that's if we have another season where a lot goes right. Um just because I think we're going to try to cut bait. And I think if we bring in some young talent through the draft, maybe we see a spark on the defense. Maybe Flores comes in. He's got some young stars that emerge. Uh, obviously that would be fantastic. Um, you know, that's where maybe we see a double digit win season again next year, but you, you combine the tough schedule with us needing to address the cap situation, probably getting rid of some veteran leadership there. Um, and let's not forget a, to mention Tony the regression in one score games. Like it's gonna happen. Like you're yeah. not gonna go eleven and zero in one score games again. Yeah, now I right. get David. You want to give them your their respect, but let's be real. That has never happened before in NFL history, and it's probably not gonna happen again. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I'm just just to close the loop here. I mean, so that's where I put the Vikings. Um, I think that we will be in the, I think if things go well, we'll be in the mix, David. I'm not even saying that that can't win the division. Okay. You know, I think 11 and six could still win the division. I just think oh, that, sure. that if, if everything goes right, we'll, we'll be in the mix. I don't see any one of the teams being like a top tier team in the NFC next mm -hmm. year. Like as much as I do agree with you, Carson, that I would not be surprised if Detroit wins the division. I don't think they win the division at 13 and four. Like I think they would yeah. win the division at like, again, an 11 and six, maybe a 12 and five. Um, if everything goes right for them. Um, and then, yeah, it depends on, you know, does 12 come back to green Bay? Um, if he does, I think they'll be in the mix too. I think they'll they'll be an improved team. Um, I think his connection with Watson will be even better. Um, and they'll they'll be in there. They'll be in that mix between eight wins and twelve wins. The Bears, you know, we don't know. I don't know. You know, we'll, they have to see what they're going to do. Are they going to bring in talent around Fields? I think they'll probably be the fourth team in the division. Um, but there's just so much that's up in the air. So I'm going to say. If I were to have to make a bold prediction, I'm going with you, Carson. I think Detroit probably wins the division, but I think that the Vikings are not that far off. Um, I just don't see this being a super strong division next year. 
to be just in general. I, I, I you know, I, I hate to say it, but I don't think the Super Bowl is running through the NFC North next year. Um, wow. We'll see. Oh, that's, man. that's bold, man. That's bold. I know. I know. <laughs> but, you know, hey, look, guys, if we trade. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> if we trade Justin Jefferson, we'll win the Come Super on, Bowl. Tony, I say this to my guys in fantasy football. I don't live in the world called if. Okay, there is no world called if. If yeah. anything this, if anything that, it, it didn't happen. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and, and look, you guys already talked about this this fact though. You know what can change all of that? Injuries. True. Like injuries, you know, you could see injuries to top tier team. I mean, we've seen crazier things that can, you know, the Vikings, I'm not even saying the Vikings can't win the Super Bowl. I'm just saying that it would take a bit more help than I would like than, you know, than, than them just being like a clear cut, you know, top one or two seed in the, in the, in the league or at least in the the conference. So we'll see. For the Vikings to win a Super Bowl next year, they will have to have a top ten offense and top ten defense. That that's a fact. Yeah, like right, I, right. I I don't think they're winning a Super Bowl with anything less than that because of the quarterback and because of the uh, quarterback. Um, no, the uh, the talent. I just I and I don't think the talent on the defense is going to be. You know, we might get into the top 20, top top 15 maybe next mm. year, but I don't think we're creeping into the top 10 in total defense or points per game, maybe maybe points per game. But Yeah, if we get like some great new scheme and then somehow we strike gold on like three rookies on the defensive side, I could see maybe top, you know, getting close to the like upper half of the league, barely. But there's just too many holes. You know what I mean? Like there's so many holes that uh, that I wouldn't, I just wouldn't bank on it. And I will say this: you said top ten. I would say I'll give Kirk Cousins credit enough. If I'm really being honest, I think we could win and have a really good chance at a deep run if we could be top fifteen in both categories. Like I, I do think Kirk Cousins is good, but he's not a good enough to overcome a bottom third of the half the bottom third of the league defense like that was too much we knew that wasn't going to work uh and that's what i mean he's just not that guy and people have a hard time especially in this market i am in minnesota in the twin cities they have a hard time admitting that kirk cousins is not tom brady or not aaron Rodgers or drew Brees or joe burrow or I mean, even Jalen Hurts, but see, Jalen Hurts in a lot of ways, if you look at, he's got a great supporting cast around him. I'm not taking anything away from Jalen Hurts. He's going to be in the Super Bowl, but that's Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins is a guy that needs a great team. It's not, you know, he's not Trent Dilfer. He's better than Trent Dilfer. I'm just saying Kirk Cousins to me is like Eli Manning. Eli Manning won two Super Bowls. But he's a Manning. <laughs> he's a Manning, but he's not Peyton. And he had but, um, the ability to turn the clutch on Kirk, when he needed um, it. But Tony, as you said though, um be a be a top 15 defense, they have to draft the players on defense. And my thing with that is it's not drafting the players, it's allowing those players to actually play defense, like I said before. Yeah. Kevin let Kevin, them develop. Kevin, yeah, you have to let them develop. The only way to get, you know, real game reps is to get real game reps you can't Agreed. go out there and have your first six picks in a draft 
playing on special teams like we saw last year and these guys getting hurt and being out, you know, full seasons. Draft guys and let them play and have them develop. That's why it's real interesting to see what the next DC is going to do is he's going to say, look, I don't want these high draft, these high end draft picks playing on special teams. I want them playing so I can develop them. I haven't seen any other team do that to where they draft top in the draft and they're playing special teams. It's like we said earlier in the year, draft the guys and let them play. And that comes down on Kevin O'Connell and coaching. Well, the next talker we have for everybody is why does David hate Quasi so much? No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. It's not crazy. I just like we have a we have these long-winded talks about the defense being better and the defense needs to get new players and defense needs to have, you know, needs to have a, a, a spring of youth. But they drafted the guys and the coaching staff allowed those guys either not to play or get hurt playing Thanks, kickoff Jonathan. return. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I I will I will totally I'm on board with you. Like it was uh you know, we'll I know we're getting to the one of our talkers that's our next talk here about cutting trading restructuring. But uh <laughs> you know, that one of the players we're going to talk about that we may uh keep around would be because the fact that yeah, you're right David, we saw Lewis Seen, our top pick in the draft. You know, he's going he's running down on on what was it was it a kickoff it was kickoff uh, yeah the punt, and yeah. Uh, or a punt return whatever okay. it was and uh you know his legs flopping around like a like a noodle i mean you know it, and it, he's is and he, he might never gross. be the same yeah you know he, he breaks his leg it's a gruesome injury um so we'll just see what 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 happens but uh i agree with you sometimes i just like to play devil's advocate david you know i love you <laughs> i know man it's all i love, love avocados man. it's all love we talk about the topics other podcasts don't Exactly. Yeah. It can't all, all be right. roses. You can only get that here on the Skull Purple Podcast brought to you by the Pigskin Podcast Network. That's right. That's right. And again, remember, hate mail goes Carson. And David will read it and reply. <laughs> That's sure right. Will. That's right. He'll read That's it to right. me over the phone. That's right. That's right. All right, gentlemen. Well, let's move on. Uh, keep, cut, or trade. I. I put keep, restructure, or trade, but keeping also could imply that a restructure is possible, by the way. Okay. So, uh, for the audience and for you guys, just so you know. And I have a list of five players. Let's start with this one. Longtime linebacker for the Minnesota Vikings, Eric... <laughs> Kendricks. I see David's already hiding his face like he doesn't want to let go of Eric Kendricks. But David, <laughs> are you going to let him go? No. Here's why. He has an 11 million cap hit. You restructure him and break that off for the next two seasons and you draft his heir apparent in the draft this season. That way you cut him next year when he's only due 5 million. That's what I'll do. I don't think he's – I think next year – I want to say he's a free agent after this yeah, year. Yeah, he has no guaranteed money on his yeah. contract anymore. That's why you can probably restructure him to a nice two-year deal that's going to pay him, you know, maybe 6.5 this season, back in the other $5 million for next season. No, vo- no void years. Just make it two years, 
paying for this year 6.5 put the other you know five for next season draft his heir apparent there you go then you cut ties with them next season that's what i would do all right so keep and restructure for eric kendricks from david i'm gonna i'm gonna go here tony and i'm gonna say cut him <laughs> Cut I wish he had final Kendrick. effects like shop or something. Yeah, that's mean. right. <laughs> da, 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 da. Yeah, Price is right. Uh, fail sign. Um, yeah, it's it's just time. Eric Kendricks can't keep up with the guys that he's chasing on the field every Sunday anymore. And I get that part of it is the scheme. Yeah, but I think. I think part of it's Eric Kendricks and you know, we love him. He was a big part of the 2017 great defense, 2016 defense as well. And uh, was a really good linebacker for a lot of years, but the last couple of years, his numbers have just dipped. And I actually want to, while I let Tony in here, I'm going to look up Eric Kendricks on PFF. So uh, Tony, give me your keep cutter trade for Eric Kendricks. Yeah, I'm I'm going to say I mean I'm I'm going to go against the grain and uh I'm going to say you keep him. And I would love to restructure him. So I guess I am kind of I am uh siding with uh I guess more David's thoughts, but I would I would like him to be restructured. I do I do think see my thing with Kendricks is that I think for him I think the scheme did not fit what he does well. And I, I think that made him not play free. I think it made him seem like he was out of position more than maybe what he truly was. Um, I just don't think it was a good fit for him. And at the end of the day, I feel like if we had a scheme that was a better fit, then potentially he would and I'm not saying he is at his peak because I do think his peak days are probably behind him, but do I think he could be a serviceable to good linebacker for us? I, I, I think so. And not only that, I think he has good leadership qualities for this defense. Um, it's good to have guys that, you know, they have a culture that's been instilled. I mean, I think one thing that, you know, I think that balanced a little bit of some of the immaturity and I say this with all due respect, no, but I really mean it. Like some of the immaturity that we saw from KOC, and I don't mean immaturity necessarily like negative. I just mean he's a first-year coach, and his approach is a bit more, you know, loosey-goosey, player-friendly. Is sometimes when you have a culture like that, you can, you know, the risk is that you have guys that maybe take it too far. They are not as focused or as disciplined. And I think what helped is that all these guys came from the Zimmer, uh, you know, coaching regime. And, uh, you know, if you want to talk about strict uh, focus and structure, strict Rick. you know, it was, uh, <laughs> you know, that was obviously to the risk of the extreme where you saw guys where they felt that they was so overbearing and they didn't feel like they had a voice and, you know, obviously they didn't feel like it wasn't fun anymore. So I think what helps is that still have guys, though, that understand the work ethic. Um, I think 
and I know we've talked about this before, and then I know Carson, you probably have some data here you want to go over, is I think that Phelan's road to where he became a good receiver obviously came up through that Zimmer regime. And look, I'm not saying Adam wasn't a driven guy without it, but he was a driven guy on top of the fact that he embraced the grind that Zimmer preached. Mm -hmm. And that helps when you have a young guy that's just crazy, naturally talented. I mean, we see a lot of guys come into the league that have an immense amount of talent and then they either squander it away or they don't put in the time. Kyler Murray. So, you know, we'll, we'll, it just you see like a guy, a guy like Justin Jefferson probably, and again, I'm just speculation, benefited in some way with having a guy like feeling like, hey, this is how you come to work every day, you know, because a guy that's got that much talent that also puts forth the effort, mm -hmm. we see what kind of dividends that plays, right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Well, uh, got some bad news for you guys. Eric Kendricks has had his two worst seasons the last two seasons since his rookie season. His rookie season back in 2015, he had a 59.2 grade on PFF as an overall defensive player. In 2016, he stepped that up nearly 10 points, 68.9. And then back-to-back -back years of right around 65. And then in 2019, this was the peak of Eric Kendricks, 90.2 grade as a overall linebacker, 82.6 in 2020, and then all the way down to 59.2 in 2021, and back up a couple of points to 61.1 in 2022 but this season was the worst coverage season since his rookie year and his coverage stats were 65 and above for his entire career other than his rookie year and in 2022 which by the way would maybe lean towards what you're saying with the scheme yes but also his coverage ability did take a step back last year under Mike Zimmer as well. It took uh, an 18-point hit last year, but this year it took about a almost a 20, well, it's about a 16-point hit this this past year. So part of me's like, ah, it's a little age, and part of me's like, it's a little scheme as well. I think there's a mix. I hear you, Carson. I hear you. But the thing that PFF doesn't measure is heart, and it doesn't measure – the deteriorating players around him. Um, can you read back to me his best season that when it was in nineties? What year was that? That was twenty nineteen when he had a ninety point two defensive grade. He had a ninety point one run defense grade, seventy eight tackling, sixty six pass rush. What was he in two and a half coverage? In twenty what? In twenty seventeen. Twenty seventeen, he was. Pretty much 60s, and then uh, tackling and pass rush was so you're telling me, in the 50s. So you're telling me Eric Kendricks in 2017 rated in PFF a 60 when that defense was the best defense in the league with Daniil Hunter uh, shut down Xavier Rhodes, you know, Anthony Barr, 
Yep. <laughs> Trey Waynes <laughs> and Harrison Smith. You know, so he, I'm not saying PFF is the end all be all. I'm just saying, wouldn't wouldn't PFF want to grade him a little bit higher when he was with the with that high rate defense? See, that's the problem I have with PFF because it's like you're not measuring everything around it. Well, maybe everybody else was rated higher. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. That's that's something to look at. Yeah. Yeah. But no, I I get I get it. I hear you. But again, we got to cut bait with some of these guys at some point. We just can't keep hanging on to everybody <laughs> for crying out loud. So that's where I'm at. Yeah, I, I do think, like I said, Carson, I think that at the end of the day, I would like to keep him, but really, I'd love to restructure him. Um, yeah. But if we cut him, I'm not going to look. I'm not going to think they're crazy. Yeah. All right. Next one. We got to we're going to fly through more of these here. Um, Harrison Smith. I'll start this time and I'm going to say a restructure for Harrison Smith. I think I think if you can keep him for another year, maybe two at most, I would say that would be good for some of the younger safeties. I think Cam Bynum still could learn some more from Harrison Smith, and I think obviously Lewis Seen could. Yes. Um, and I don't think the Vikings have a safety that's ready to step in uh, to fill in Harrison Smith's shoes. I mean, I know uh, Josh Metellus played really well, and I think he could be a pretty good player, but I would actually be interested to see him more as like a hybrid safety linebacker kind of a guy. I, I think he could have that possibility if if he's put in the right scheme. But um, I'm a restructure on Harrison Smith, so I'm keeping and restructuring Harrison Smith. Tony, what do you think? Yeah, I'm with you. I, I'm keeping restructure ideally. Uh, I think if Seen would have had a full season and the we Wolves are going to hire you. Yeah, right. <laughs> I think if we, I think if we would have had, uh, you know, Seen have a full season, no injury, and maybe some signs that he was the heir apparent or at least something to, to build off of, then I probably would be on the side of, of, cut or at least you know what we can get because we forget that like at the end of the day something is worth more than nothing so it's not like they're just going to cut guys without trying to trade them first so um i do think they could probably trade for something for harrison smith um but regardless i would want i would think they would shop him and then ultimately if they couldn't they'd cut him but with the scene injury i'm gonna say keep and restructure at least for you know a little bit of time David, I agree. I restructure him. I mean, I I hundred percent agree with Tony. If if Lewisine would have played and played this year and so some kind of promise, then you can kind of like you know trade him or cut him. But you don't even know what you have in Lewisine yet, so you kind of want to keep Harrison Smith around to kind of teach these young safeties, you know, how the NFL really goes. So I agree with Tony and you guys. One hundred percent restructure. Yeah, it costs them $2 million uh, to restructure Harrison Smith. Uh, they could save about right around $7 million if they cut him, but they would also eat $11 million. So mm. I think uh, I think a restructure is probably on the horizon. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I think I think that's probably the most okay, likely sure. scenario for sure. Um, so there's Harrison Smith. Let's move on to a man that's not quite on the age cliff, or is he? Question mark. Dun dun dun. Um, Daniil Hunter. How about Daniil Hunter? David, what do you think? I mean, didn't he already get a new contract restructure? He has like two years left on his deal. Let me take a look. I think this might actually be his final year under contract. I will take a look, though. <clears throat> so, Daniil Hunter, load, please, load, please. This is great on air production. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, yeah, I got it. He's due, he's due 13 million this coming season and 11 million next season and nothing on the books for 2025. You do nothing with him. Well, I think, let me see here. So the 2024 and 2025 years are automatically void according to yeah. spot track. So basically this is the final year of his contract unless the Vikings were to extend him. Just don't touch it. Just leave it there. <laughs> I want to see if he's going to be healthy another season. I'd see what you could get. Mm. He was he was fully healthy. He was fully healthy this season. He played pretty well. I mean, you know, maybe not as many sacks as you'd hope for, but he had a ton of pressures, according to PFF. And he also, you know, he still had 10 sacks. Like, it's not like that's bad, you know? <laughs> like, oh, he only had 10 sacks. <laughs> Cut him! You know, I mean, but no. I mean, compared to the Nick Bosa's and Michael well, Parsons, yeah, but yeah, well, post uh, Posa, uh, <laughs> Parsons, um, that's what that's what happens when you co combine Micah Parsons and Nick Bosa. Posa, just drop uh, that guy, that's right, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, that'd be that'd be uh, how would you want to say that? That'd be Mick Posa, Mick Posa. There you go, there you go, let's draft him. Um, but no, um, what was I going to say now? I totally lost my train of thought. Um, but the thing with Daniil Hunter is if you have some value there after this season, yeah, after what he did this season, and this is the final year of his contract, like why wouldn't you trade him? Yeah, Like if you don't think you're going to be that competitive, and even if you do think you're going to be competitive – why don't you try and get some value for him this season, this offseason, when you need draft picks, by the way. You have like five of them or four of them, whatever it is. It's not very many. And you need to build this team going forward. Why not trade Daniil Hunter unless you really want to keep him long-term? Because my thing is, all the people that you're going to have to start paying, obviously Jefferson we talked about, but you got Derrissaw on there. TJ Hawkinson's likely to get a extension this offseason mm -hmm. you know if you're going to keep paying kirk cousins which they're probably going to do they could very well do <laughs> uh, but uh you know you get into yeah derisaw you get into some of these other guys you know it's maybe cleveland uh you know he probably won't get that much but um compared to derisaw anyway but um but yeah it's you gotta, you can't keep everybody. You can't keep everybody. Rick Spielman, 
listen up. You can't keep everybody because you end up in a situation like the Vikings are in right now. And you can't do it. You got to move on from players one year at a time. Yeah. And that's what Rick Spielman never did. And, you know, I think maybe Tony was the one that mentioned it earlier where Belichick, or maybe it was even you, David, Belichick has moved on, moved on from numerous players. It's like, what are they doing? Why are they trading um, Stefan Gilmore? Why are they trading this guy? And it's like Richard Seymour. Richard Seymour. Uh, there was another linebacker, I think, that they traded uh, not mean, too long ago. Rob Mayo, they made him a coach. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. You can't Family. keep everybody. It's, it's just not the way the league works. And if you do keep everybody, you're going to see something very similar defensively that you saw this past season. It's probably not going to be as bad because it's going to be hard to be that bad again. But uh, it's not going to be great. I will tell you that right now. I agree with you, Carson. You're right. You know, when you become a fan favorite, you just want to hold on to these guys and you want to see these guys succeed. It's a business. You you have to understand exactly. You have to understand that NFL is a business and there's no hard feelings. Yep, exactly. Tony? Daniil, I think, is the epitome of what we were talking about earlier, or at least what I was talking about earlier, which is sell as high as you can. (laughs) And I think you guys both hit it on the head. Like the sad thing is the statement that you made Carson, where you're like, you know, he's not a Micah Parsons. He's not a Nick Bosa. He's not even a, a, a Posa. Um, you know, <laughs> but the sad thing is, is that we, we actually used to think he was like he, his trajectory was like, man, this guy is going to be one of the great pass rushers in this league. We're talking top, three pass rushers Mm -hmm. and i think because he is through a healthy season there will be some teams out there especially a team that really needs good pass rush that's gonna say hey what if this guy does have still have that ability and i'm not even saying that he couldn't right i'm just saying that's what you sell him on is like Mm -hmm. he got over the hump the zimmer regime stunk their athletic training staff was terrible Look, at he was able to stay healthy, work his um, players to death, and he could still be this top tier pass rusher. And then guess what? We reel him in and we fleece him for a bunch of picks or a player, whatever, you know, I, I don't know. But I think he is a prime candidate to trade at this stage is you trade him, you get what you can for him. You try to sell him, uh, you know, the bill of goods that he's going to be you know, he's going to resurrect himself back into what we all thought he could have been. And he's still young. I mean, there, there is truth to that. Like we forget how young Daniel was when he came in the league. Like he wasn't even 21. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I think, uh, you know, it does stink because I do think that, you know, we have uh, our other pass rusher who I also don't think will be on this team. Um, (laughs) but again, that's where you just have to kind of go, that you know i mean let's let's try to let's just try to let's try to draft as many guys as we can and see what happens so true true let patrick jones eat baby and that's the thing too about patrick jones though right if you don't trade daniel hunter or get rid of the other pass rusher are you when are you ever going to see patrick zones in a consistent 
situation where he's playing and getting the reps. And then if yep. he doesn't get the reps, by the time he gets the reps playing behind the Hunter and everybody else, his control rookie contract is almost up and you got to pay him. Yep. Exactly right. Exactly. Then you run into a situation like Everson Griffin, where if you remember correctly, his contract came due right at the time that we were essentially going to be starting to move away from Jared Allen. Jared so Allen, yeah. everybody thought Spielman was nuts for giving Everson that big contract because we're like, we don't even know if this guy is like any good. Like, yeah. you know? <laughs> and obviously they saw something in Evan boy. Uh, I wish it would have ended differently with Evan, the Vikings certainly, because I, I do love it. Me some Everson Griffin. I, I do too. Yep. I yep. do too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Mental health is, Mental health was tough. It was tough to see him, and I'm sure that was tough on his family. And uh, yeah, we, I think we all just wanted to see him get the help he needed, and yeah. it's yeah. it was unfortunate. But uh, hopefully, he's doing all right now. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the hope for sure. But yeah. uh, well, good grief, I I think we could keep on going for a long time here, but. My goodness, we're running low on time, uh, or are we? Uh, right. Um, we got all the time in the world unless we don't want to go to work or whatever. Um, <laughs> right. So let's let's do rapid fire here, gentlemen. Dalvin Cook, I say, cut. Tony, trade. David, trade only if you can retain Madison. All right. Zadarius Smith. Let's start with you there, David. Cut. Tony? Yeah, you, I think you can only cut him. I don't think we'll be able to trade him, so you got to cut him. Cut. He's all gone. And Jordan Hicks. Tony? Extend him to 2030. No. Oh, cut him. Wow. Wow. Hottest take of the year. Make him a captain. Oh, Tony, man. <laughs> what are you? So, what are you actually thinking? Or are you? Being oh, I said, serious? I said, cut. It was, it was oh, buried okay. in the joke. Yeah, it was buried oh, in the okay. joke. Cut. David, cut. Cut for me as well. Cut for me as well. And you mentioned Alexander Madison, by the way, uh, Mister Mister David. And uh, that's the final question of the show today. After our long-winded talks Kirk could do that to you uh, yeah that's right that's right <laughs> patrick peterson or alexander madison who are you bringing back if you had to choose one alexander madison or patrick peterson i hate this question because i don't want to bring either one of them back <laughs> wow. i i i just don't i I think Patrick Peterson, his time in Minnesota is done. I don't want to have to pay him what he's going to want probably after he's had a good year. And I also don't want Alexander Madison back because I would rather draft a running back or rather bring in a UDFA and have them compete with Ty Chandler. And, Goodness. you know, so what if you don't have a, you know, a veteran running back? Oh, we got to have a veteran running back in the room. I don't know about that. <laughs> if your offensive line's good enough and they know what they're doing as a running back, ah, but 
I'm gonna say I'm gonna say if I had to bring one back though, I would probably bring back Patrick Peterson for the purpose of helping that young cornerback room develop. That's that's the main thing I would say for Patrick Peterson. But I'm not thrilled about what I would probably have to pay him for that. Um, so that's where I'm landing, David. Um, it all depends with me. Like, um, I think you only bring Patrick Peterson back for the reasons you said, but when, when it comes a time where you have to let these young corners play and get their lumps. And if you bring in a, a guy like Flores, I think he would rather have the younger guys to where he can develop. He can say like, I was a guy who helped develop the guys. You're never going to get that with Patrick Peterson playing. So, right. I say, you know, no one, no one, Patrick Peterson. And as for Alex, Alex Madison, I mean, I would love for him to come back, but just afraid that you sign him to, you know, a, a sort of deal, then he hits a cliff. And, mm-hmm. you know, and he's already been, he's already ran up his rookie, his rookie contract, just like you said. So it might be best if you can try to draft a, a, a running back in the, you know, this coming draft to where you have him under team control for the next four to five years. And, you know, you can probably get a um, veteran running back off the streets to kind of help that room together. I mean, whatever happens, you know, in the Super Bowl in two weeks, maybe you can bring like a Jared McKinnon back for one season just to be in the locker room for these guys. Some, something like that to where it's not it's not going to cost you that much, but you can still get a little bang for your buck. Yeah. And here's the thing too. Maybe Alexander Madison won't cost so much because there are a lot of running backs out in this free agents class. So who knows? Some of these uh, running backs might have to go to a place. That's not going to pay him so much. I think the only one getting paid is Saquon. Yeah. Yeah. After that, who's, who else is getting paid that much? Yeah. Tony. I'm probably more in line with uh I don't really honestly both of you brought up really good points. So I would just say this. This is a tough question. Uh, but I, I think I probably side with you, Carson, a little bit in your rationale with Peterson. I think that I would like to have Peterson's guidance and leadership because at the end of the day, we're not gonna have all new corners. So it would be nice to have some veteran leadership that's gonna carry over uh into next season. Uh, even with a new DC, do I love it? It, it? Could he be gone and me not feel that bad about it? Yeah. I mean, and, and David, I do get your point too, but if I have to choose one or the other, it probably makes more sense for Peterson. Um, with Madison, I, I love Alexander Madison. To be honest with you, I, I think my thought process with Madison is more in line with his best interests. Like I feel like Madison should go somewhere else so he can get paid and get mm-hmm. the bag like a number one. Um, I think he's earned that. He's he's put in his time behind Cook. Um, and, uh, you know, I hope he gets that. And he's just not going to get that here. Like, nor do I want the Vikings to give him that. Like, <laughs> I'd rather see him go somewhere else, secure the bag, and, you know, do whatever he needs to do and hopefully be super successful. I just I think the Vikings are ready to move away from paying RB1 money and it's just not going to happen. So that's where I'm at. If I have to choose one, Patrick Peterson, short term deal, bring in some veteran leadership, 
Um, and uh, again, best wishes to Alexander Madison. Yep. And uh, I think for the record, Alexander Madison seems like a great dude. Seems like a great teammate as well. Yeah. Great for the locker room, but um, sometimes great teammates don't always win you championships. Not always. I'm not saying they can't, obviously. <laughs> you know, it's good to have a good locker room. Now, I probably sounded like a fool on that, but uh, <laughs> what I'm basically saying is good teammates who are at the running back position don't necessarily win you championships. That's that's my whole thing. I just go back to the running back thing. Really, is is my whole point. It's yeah. It's it's such an expendable position. It really is. And if if Madison accepts a you know two three four maybe at most year deal where he's making annual salary of two to four million dollars, okay, I'd be fine with that. Mm-hmm. But if he's making upwards of you know, even even five, seven, eight million or more dollars a year. Get out. No, I'm done. No. <laughs> I think uh, that's like, what he's gonna look you for. You gotta cut yeah. costs somewhere. You you just have to. Yeah. Yeah. I bet I would I would hedge to bet he'll get a deal somewhere where he's making I bet he's not gonna get a crazy deal, but I bet I bet Madison will get a deal that's like a three year where he averages something like six to eight million. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I that's so to me that's too much. I yeah, I don't want to pay a running back more than more than four really a year unless he's a rookie, and I know that he's young and fresh and you know he's not got a lot of. And I don't think Madison has a ton of mileage on him, but um, I don't know if he's got the same burst as some younger guys would. Right, and, and he's not he's not he's not the quickest back either. Like he's. I'd say he's probably even slower than Dalvin. Um, I don't know. And, and not Dalvin's not, you know, Dalvin ran a four, four coming out, you know, he's, he's a quick guy. Um, but I think Dalvin, you, you know, what Madison reminds me of Madison kind of reminds me of, uh, like a Kareem hunt. That's not quite as good as catching the football. Mm. Mm. But there, you know, cause yeah. neither are explosively fast, they are both kind of more north-south runners. Um, what helps with Hunt is he's always been in these like offenses that are like option offenses. And uh, again, I, I think I think Madison could could do well in a in a in an offense that's suited to move him around a bit. He's got talent. Um, I don't know if he'll be as dynamic as Hunt can be at times, but uh, they're similar type of backs. True. Yeah. I don't know if he's got the ability to explode like, yeah, like Kareem does. Yeah. 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 He's more of an Ontario Smith type guy to me. Definitely mm, don't pay him then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, don't bring him to the airport. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's right. Get the plane ticket. Oh, <laughs> man. I just thought I would get that one off with it. The <laughs> and this has been the Skull Purple Podcast. Yeah, that's uh, right. That's, that is going to do it, though, gentlemen. So uh, thank you for everybody. Uh, thank you to uh, Kyle and Dylan at the Pigskin Podcast Network for welcoming us thank on you. to the team. 
Uh, we're thrilled to be here, and uh, hopefully this isn't our last show as a part of the network. Uh, that's our that's our hope, and uh, <laughs> um, uh, hopefully we put out some good content for you guys, and we will continue to bring you more Vikings content as the season, the off season rolls on, and who knows, we might have a Vikings defensive coordinator by the end of the week. Or by the beginning of next week, who knows? But uh, we'll we'll wait and find out, gentlemen. It's been a pleasure once again for David and Tony. I'm Carson, and as always, gentlemen, skull, skull, skull.